Welcome to the Market Talk podcast sponsored by WealthPress, where we believe if you're investing uninformed, you're screwed. Get the inside scoop on what's driving the markets today and what that means for your money, all in just 15 minutes. Well, good morning, traders and investors. My name is Roger Scott. I'm the head trader of Wealth Press. Today is the last day of the month. It's July 31st. We've got a lot to talk about. I have a full earnings update for you. But first, what do I say? Let's get into it right now. And by the way, I still don't know where this year has gone or where this month has gone. It's just crazy. But let's talk about news. We had we had a lot of report. We still have reports this week. Today for Friday, we have, let me show you what we have on the table today. We have, let's see here, we still have personal income coming out. That's coming out in about 10 minutes. And we have consumer sentiment coming out. That's huge because that reflects on the GDP that we had yesterday. And folks, it was god awful. So let's talk about all of this and see where we stand and where the market potentially has the the means to go. So global shares were mixed Friday. European indexes rose in early trading after an Asian benchmarks mostly tumbled and as investors looked ahead to central bank meeting and corporate earning reports, which folks has, have not been pretty. Market players are still monitoring the financial sector, but the biggest factor is on COVID-19. Some technological companies have bucked the trend, especially the stay-at-home stocks, and are showing positive results. And I'll talk about those as well. China. China reported manufacturing activity edged up in July. That's very, very important because that means their exports are going to start increasing. I was about to say that. Export orders strengthened despite weak U.S. and European demand. We've got a lot of backlog of things that we're expecting from China in the U.S. A lot of glass, a lot of uh, little things, parts, and uh, they're going to be coming out next few months. So we're going to be seeing a lot more exports from China. Monthly surveys released Friday was another sign that the world's second largest economy is gradually recovering from the pandemic. That's great. Hoping it's the truth because with China, you always have to kind of, you know, sometimes they're not honest, but we'll leave it at that. France reported that its economy contracted 13.8% in the last quarter, a bit better than expected. Spain, oh, Spain's been taking it under the chin. You know, Spain never really recovered from that real estate market in the early 2000s. They're still struggling. Spain's economic sank 18.5%, by far the sharpest slump since the country's National Statistics Agency began collecting data. Now, I gave you an amazing short the other day. I gave you SAN, ticker symbol S-A-N. It's a Spanish bank stock, and they're doing terrible right now. Ticker symbol S-A-N. I gave you HSBC and S-A-N. Take a look at SAN for a short, all right? Jan's unemployment, Japan's unemployment data released Friday showed slight improvement, but analysts said there may be signed people were leaving labor markets because of the pandemic. Again, we're having part wah. Job woes were expected to hover near a negative 3% level. That is terrible. Japan's media report said, this is interesting, Toyota was on course to become number one maker again, overtaking Volkswagen, the top manufacturing global sales. That's going to impact Germany. Toyota sales were already recovering in markets like China, which is recovering from early outbreaks. Now, the bad news. 
Overnight, U.S. reported the economy contracted at a record-shattering 32% annual pace. Remember, we were up 2%. The goal was positive 2%. Last quarter was negative 5%. This is supposed to be the trout. 32.9% from April to June. Deep collapse, resurgence of outbreak has pushed businesses in some areas lower. So things are not looking pretty. um, Let me read this to you. News of steep, steep. Deep collapse came as a resurgence of outbreaks has pushed businesses in many areas to close for the second time. Part two, as I said, part two, government's estimates for the second quarter fall gross domestic product has no comparison since its record. Wow, this is terrible. Since 1947, that's when they began keeping records. The previous worst worst quarter contracted 10%, less than a third of what we've seen, and that's during the Eisenhower era. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. But interestingly enough, if you look at the Dow Jones, which this is the ETF that tracks the Dow Jones. If you look at a nine-month Dow Jones, we're still hovering near that 50-day moving average. If you look at the S&P 500, we're moving a little bit higher, although I think the wings are going to get clipped. And if you look at the NASDAQ, well, the NASDAQ is on a whole different playing level field it's up here now near new high so blue chips blue chips are really lagging behind a combination of all the indexes is doing okay and tech is still grossly outperforming now i showed you the momentum levels and i explained with the earnings right now it's hard to believe that these levels are going to last now let me give you the latest on earnings i wanted to wait till we have a good little middle ground but we're there We've now seen 200 earnings, roughly, give or take, about 220 from the S&P 500. They're down 40% and the revenue is down 7%, with 76% beating estimates, which were revised lower by far, and 64 beating revenue estimates. These are revised estimates, revised lower, lower, lower. Now, this is the lowest earning growth pace since the last earnings downturn following the 2008 recession. But the earnings per share, expectations beat beat percentages are tracking above what we've seen from the same group of indexes in the last two reporting cycles. But again, remember something. This is all based on numbers that have been revised substantially lower after, uh, after February. So what you're going to see is expectations that are slightly better based on the horrific numbers that we revised lower. So it's kind of like somebody seeing a tornado saying we're going to have 100 deaths and we have 80 deaths and the numbers are better than expectations. So I want you guys to understand it's all in perspective. Now, for the technology sector, we have about 40% of the index reporting. Total earnings are down 5%, about 6%. Revenue is 0.3 higher with 85% beating, 85% beating earnings per share estimates and 78 beating the revised beaten down revenue levels. This is the be- biggest beat percentage But again, based on revisions. For the financial sector, we now have results for about 50% of the sector. The total earnings for the banks are down 56% on 2.5% higher revenue. Strong gains in trading investment bank businesses were more than offset by large pandemic loss. Now, remember one thing. This is taking into account investment banks like Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. They're doing pretty well. But if you look at savings and loan banks like Chase, like um, HSBC, like SAN, like uh, Wells Fargo. Oh, don't get me started with Wells Fargo. 
UBS, they're doing terrible. Looking at the total second quarter earnings for the S&P, we're down 41%, 41% folks. I don't understand how the stock market can be above the 200-day moving average. From the same period last year on 8.9% lower rep. So we're about 41% lower than a year ago. That's terrible. For the full 2020 year, we're looking at expectations of down 23%. Write that down because if it's better than that, we're going to see uptick on 5% lower revenue. This is down from a close to 8% growth expected at the start of the year. January, January, we were expecting 8%. Now we're expecting 23%. Mostly up from 24% decline two weeks ago. So we're now at 23.5% down. We were down 24.1% two weeks ago. So things are getting slightly better. But when I say better, it's a far stretch from good. For reference, S&P earnings declined 19% in 2008. Now they've declined. We're looking at about 23%. So this was admittedly a different type of downturn. It was an economic downturn. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting VIX to, let me look at the VIX real quick before I talk. Now here is the danger zone. VIX is moving lower. It's still above 20 though. Keep in mind, volatility is still 2.4 higher times higher than it was before this thing started. So we have potentially more downside. Now let me look at momentum levels for you and then I'll give you my conclusion. Now I'm gonna look at the NASDAQ levels because they are by far the highest. Now look at the number of stocks trading above the 200 day moving average. Look at that. We haven't really gone up. We've been stagnant now for a while. We've been stagnant now. We've been around 80% for a while. It can't hold these levels. You see, it just can't go up much higher. Once we get up to about 80, 85%, it starts falling off, cooling off, and we're right now at 80th percentile. If you look at the, if you look at the, let me just go here. If you look at the 50-day moving average, the story actually looks, this is the more short-term. We peaked out at 100 or 99.3, which means every stock was above the 50-day moving average. Now we're going a little lower, okay? But my point is, whenever we come up, notice every time we come to this area, what happens? We drop hard. We don't just cool off a little bit. We cool off a little bit, but ultimately we cool off. So I'm expecting a little huffing, a little puffing, and then I'm expecting a cool off taking us to the 50-day line or 50% of the stocks in the NASDAQ 100 trading above the 50-day moving average. I'll repeat that. There's 100 stocks in the NASDAQ 100. We're right now, we now have about 75 of them trading above the 50-day moving average. And I'm looking for only about 50 of them. So I'm looking for about 25 stocks out of 100 to lose momentum going forward. Um, and that is the most likely expectation. Now, if you look at the S&P 500, the broad market, it's not as overbought, but it's cooling off. You see that? It's already cooling off and it's already below that line. So we are in a rubber band situation and that rubber band can stay overstretched. And that's what it is. But ultimately, it's going to snap. And I'm telling you right now, based on what I'm seeing, that rubber band, that mom the momentum levels on the S&P, on the NASDAQ, the long-term trend and the short-term trend look like they're stretched out and the market does not have a lot of upside. Now, 
we may sit around these levels, we may huff and puff, we may just sit around there for a while, just trend, but the upside right now is extremely limited, all right? Extremely limited based on the fundamentals, based on the technicals, based on the momentum levels, and certainly based on global economy. So keep that in mind as we go into this week. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening today. Make sure to subscribe to the Market Talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you're listening from today so you don't miss any important news regarding your money and your investments. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Roger Scott, and happy trading.